Welcome to Storyhouse. I'm Barry Chandler. I'm here with my co-host Brad Sarconi. This is the weekly brand and digital show for business owners, CEOs, and CMOs. I love today's chapter, how to memorialize your brand like a rolling stone. I'm sitting across the table from a rock star right now, so <laughs> yeah. no better man to tell us about a rolling stone. So let's talk about how we can memorialize, truly memorialize a brand in a way that gets uh, remembered and quoted like a rolling stone does. Yeah, and um, you know, you and I have again talked about this, and and you know, Bob Dylan wrote the phrase "like a rolling stone," and and that came from a very long, what, ten page, I think you said, document um, uh, poem that 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 he had written. But the idea behind this, and then of course, then the Rolling Stones took their name, uh, "like a rolling stone." Um, um, at the, at the same time as well. But the, the point is, why are poems and songs forever makers? What makes them unforgettable? Um, and and, and it, it's simple because brands like songs must have, you know, purpose. They must have provoc, you know, they must be provocative and they must be profound. If you think of Dylan's like a Rolling Stone, it had purpose. It had an emotional why, right? It had provocation about politics and um it was instigating something it was attention grabbing and obviously it was profound as hell and so that kind of um indelible mark happens in songs poems paintings i would even argue or or any art form that gets passed down um um among generations making in you know indelible symphonies or or hit songs forever well, hit songs forever are not things that we change. We don't try to influence them. You don't say, hey, listen, uh, I heard this wonderful co- quote that I'd like to share with you today, but please allow me to bastardize it before I give it to you. Just like with great brands, you want consistency um, in the way that that is presented, positioned, and prepared. So this idea of brands need a purpose just like a song needs a purpose, and that that's an interesting angle. I mean, so... We, we've talked a lot about the, the brand expression, finding your purpose and sharing that and allowing your experiences uh, to live up to that expression. Uh, and it's interesting the, how, aligned and how aligned that is with songwriting, with poetry. There are some great synergies there. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, Dylan didn't start writing the song. He started writing a 10-page poem. <laughs> um, and then from that, it turned into a song. And so that brings up this next point, this next parallel is, you know, the way that songs are or poems are is what they are. So that, you know, the, the way they're conceived is what they are. And, and the, best, the best poems, songs, lyrics, quotes, like great, great, great brands are always what they are. They come from discipline. They come from hours of masterful discipline. It may appear simple when you hear the song of Dylan's like a Rolling Stone, but we already know he he was profusely writing 10 pages of uh, of a lyric of a verse that ended up to to uh create this song. So um understand that this idea of of branding comes from an intense discipline like songwriting, like painting, 
um, like quotes. I mean, ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long is genius in its primitive delivery. Wordsworth's poem, I Wonder Lonely as a Cloud, is wondrous in its pure naivete by Wordsworth. And you and I have talked about Maya Angelou's um, you know, salient and smart quote, when people show you who they are, believe them. Right? These messages are on brand mark, and they're actually from brands. We don't distill them. We don't edit them. We don't reinterpret them. We take them for uh, what they are because what they are is masterful. I think this is a very romantic idea. And how do we prevent it from just being a pie-in-the-sky dream of a brand? Or how do we activate a brand to have to be so iconic that it gets quoted? Uh, and, and does that stem from brand expression or does it come from campaigns? Because when I think of things like, I'm loving it, just do it. They're all campaigns that have had longevity and duration, but they have, they have become the quotable piece of the brand. Yeah, great question. What hit sticks when it's embraced by the consumer over a long period of time? Same with great songs. Because a song is a hit in 1984, doesn't make it a legacy track. Freebird or um, uh, Like a Rolling Stone are obviously legacy tracks. Uh, what the Sex Pistols did with God Save the Queen was a legacy. These are legacy tracks that will be unforgettable. Like or dislike it, it's unforgettable. So brands, uh, you're, you're exactly right, do create. Oftentimes the brand themselves may not know its masterful mission until that is um, memorialized by the consumers who interact with it. And if that, if that, can be, if that memorialization can turn into a meme over time, and, of course, Coke has done this, um, I think, is a, is a great example. Or, um, you know, the Loving It campaign just brought up by, by McDonald's. But even larger brands have created memorialization. I think one of the strongest ones is the NFL. Uh, that brand has been memorialized. Uh, now, right now, that brand is going through some interesting times where they're paying um, um, some fines regarding concussions or some litigation that they're settling uh, uh, regarding concussions that, that, um, that is in the news presently. Or you have brands such as, uh, younger brands such as Chipotle that have already memorialized themselves in the fabric of, of society. Now, time will tell to say that, hey, these are perfect the way they are, um, and, that is, and that's what defines who they are. And we'll see over time if that's the case. But I guess the question still is how, how a brand can do that. I mean, how do you set out to be so iconic and so quotable? That's, that's the question. I don't know if, that's, if we've really answered that or, or can we answer that? Um, I don't think you ever set out to say, in writing a song or a poem, I don't think you set out to say... Um, uh, gosh, let, let's 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 hope that let's hope that this hits number one. I think you write it because it's an it's an initial expression, if I can use that term as a brand. But then you manage it. I mean, so to answer your question, it's about managing the expression after it's activated. You have to be aware enough that once you have intention, you can gain attention. Right. This idea that intention of the expression gains attention once it does, 
as a brand, and this is what P&G did with brand management, is you have to then orchestrate that so it does become a meme and so that you can ride out this expression. I think anyone that says, and I think Pete Townsend said this best, anyone that sets out to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the next you know, number one hit that, that will surpass what the Beatles and the Stones and Dylan have done, um, I think that we would all probably say, as artists and creative types, that that's probably not going to be a very depthful song. The intention is not correct. So to answer your question, you wouldn't set out to do that, but you would say that because my intention is true, because it's an expression, once that attention gains attention, pay attention to that and, and make sure that activation lasts and, and yields itself as a memorialized brand. And this only comes from the depth of work that needs to go into it. Like you, like you said, Rolling Stone, like a Rolling Stone comes from a 10-page verse that was distilled down into a great tune. Now, other great songs... And they're rarities, but songs like Neil Young's Ohio mm-hmm. was written in, a, in an hour. We walked into the woods and came back with the tune and sat down with Crosby, Stills and Nash and said, here it is. I yep. got it, right? Yeah. Yep. They're rarities. So what we're saying is to truly build a great brand that has duration, like we mentioned in Chapter 11, duration and distribution, you need to start with depth. And this goes back again to our brand expression, be better best. You need to truly put in the work early on. And if that takes a lot longer than you expected, that may not happen on the back of a napkin. That can take hours, days, weeks, months to truly refine your expression of who you are. From that comes great things. That's right. And, and from that is what we're talking about, about you know, creating memorialization. I mean, I hate to boil it down to something as simple as brand consistency because you hear these you know, um, commoditized phrases. Um, but it, it's really, I think you brought it up, you used the word campaigns. It's really musical message or poetic message consistency over time. And once you know those things are being um, um, exactly being memorialized and being passed down, um, then you know you're onto something. Don't shake the tree then. Let the brand ride that out. Let the song and poem ride it out. We would say... <clears throat> That when people share songs, what's the first thing they do when they share a song? They start singing the melody. They don't change the melody. What's the next thing they do? They start singing the lyrics. They don't change the lyrics. Why? They want you to identify with the message that they're trying to relate to you. Brands of this consistency, using poetry, paintings, and music as a prototype for the way you build, activate, and allow brands to remain consistent is the idea behind this concept of using poetry as prototypes for brand building. That's, that's, a great, that, that, that's a great point, and it makes me think about, I'm going to come back to this depth thing again, that there's nobody walking around singing, oh, but the food is delicious, right? Oh, this is amazing food. Right? These, these very shallow taglines and, uh, in, in quotation marks, campaign ideas right. or, or positions that aren't deathful, have no chance of being repeated, but something like, I'm loving it, well, what, what's that, what is that? What does that mean? What does it even mean? And what's, what relevance has that got to food? Well, it, you start to think about it and you realize, oh, I see, I get it. Right. I'm loving bringing everybody together. I'm loving having some food. I'm loving value. I'm loving, I'm loving selection. Everyone together. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. But that took a lot of depthful thought and just like a great song. So yeah, right. there's, that's a great analogy. Right. And then, you know, the, the, the other similarity is... 
um, I think you've already hinted at this, Barry, is that this is not easy. So, you know, you challenged the question, the second one, well, this is great theory, but how do we put it in practice? Right. Well, we talked about the easy answer to put it in practice is brand consistency, but it's also knowing that once you get the, that intention, that intention to attention and you begin reactivating that, um, that's wonderful, but it doesn't happen very often. So let's just talk about this. We might be able to say, here's a hundred brands that have been memorialized, maybe a couple hundred, but to get there is like getting in the rock and roll hall of fame. You know, so if there was a rock and roll hall of fame, if there's a hall of fame of branding, I think that it would be one that would say, what was attention grant? You know, what, what was unforgettable? What brands had the emotional? Why were they provocative? Could they create profundities? And most important, did they last? Could they become memes that were memorable? So just like writing a hit song or making a profound statement like Maya Angelou's, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them. That's a very simple yet profound statement. These come along once every so often. These are not little marketing campaigns that happen where someone is writing a tactical script and to, to, to reach a demo someplace in the U.S. This comes from a, a long thought process of writing through the problems so if you look at Dylan's 10 pages, and what did that sell for? $2 million. The lyrics, yeah. The lyrics for $2 million. Now, why? Because it was memorialized over time. If that had only become a stepping stone, no pun intended, for, for like a rolling stone uh, and didn't become um, the hallmark uh, title track that it did, then of course it wouldn't have gained that kind of monetization either. So we are saying these are collectibles, brands of this caliber, like great poems, like great paintings, and like great songs are collectibles that are memorialized over time and prove themselves over time as authentic and valuable enough to be collected and valued by consumers. But I just want everyone to know this is not easy. This is a very difficult uh, path to make. I mean, we all say the easy things like Apple think different and, and Nike just do it. And we throw around these phrases like they were just on the back of a BevNap <laughs> and they weren't. These are, these are memes that have been constructed, reinforced, activated and reactivated and reincarnated over decades of time to prove themselves as memorable. Right. So yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. And when we start to think about, uh, the songs and the poems that matter most to us, uh, like you've said, we don't change them. They, they become very relevant to us in many ways. They reflect pieces of our life. They're emotional because they, they apply to different moments in our life. Topically right now, we're, we're, we're dealing with you know, the, the passing of Robin Williams and the outpouring of, of love and grief for Robin Williams. And his daughter posted a, a quote to Instagram yesterday which was a just a, a verse from a french poem mm-hmm. that just uh, summed up how she felt summed up how she felt and she didn't rewrite it of course she <laughs> she just shared this poem that meant so much to her and we shouldn't underestimate what brands can mean to us and we we shouldn't under personify a brand because we should allow that brand to have that indelible mark and to strive for 
going deep enough to allow that brand to have that kind of impact. And Barry, how many brand managers would love to say, my brand is top of the charts because people actually write down my brand tagline and they give it to other people. A brand would die for that to genericize the tagline, right? Right. That's what we're all trying to do in, in the branding game. Yet a great poem, a great song does this. I mean, we can within weeks, within weeks on clear channel stations, one track's chorus is known by millions of people. Brands wish and hope. I guess that's why we see more and more brands getting in the entertainment business, right? They're trying to catalyze on that, piggyback on that to further, again, there's those three Ds, depth, duration, and distribution of their brand by embedding it in entertainment. There's, it's twofold. One, entertainment is ubiquitous. It hits us emotionally. That's what we just talked about, about deathful being emotion. So it brings the brand closer to the heart when it's embedded in music. In my day in music, if you put Budweiser or, or Miller in a track, you were a sellout. Now, if you Google brands like Mercedes or um, you know various uh, alcohols and brands, they're everywhere, and actually, they build equity to both the artists and to the brands because they're marrying a lifestyle. So I think it's great in these last two chapters, chapter 11 and 12, we've done these back-to-back because you can see how poetry, music, and uh, painting, and this idea of the creative process does indeed apply to not uh, you know, making sure that your brand is not a secret by using depth and duration and distribution and getting that message out. Once upon a time, Brad, you dressed so fine <laughs> through the bums a dime in your prime, didn't you? <laughs> I did. So this has been a great chapter, chapter number 12 of Story House, how to memorialize your brand like a Rolling Stone. Some great analogies, some great uh, corollaries there between brands and, and music and lyrics and, and poetry. And I think there's a great lesson there for all of us. So as always, if you've enjoyed this chapter, please go to iTunes, review us. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback. If you have a question for us, please visit us at storyhouse.co, storyhouse.co, and fill in the contact form and ask us a question. We'd, we'd love to answer these questions uh, on future your podcasts and you can find ways to contact us and follow us on twitter and facebook on storyhouse.co this has been chapter number 12 of storyhouse how to memorialize a brand like a rolling stone yes and i just wanted to say one other thing very quickly and that is you know maybe the takeaway barry because you're good at good at, at, at giving takeaways to those who are listening maybe the takeaway is find your favorite poet poem um and ask yourself, if your brand was a poem, what poem would it be? Um, you know how many car commercials that have uh, used Thoreau's uh, writings uh, and been inspired by that. Um, Go forth with Levi's. I don't, I don't believe that was a Thoreau, but the Levi's campaign, which I thought was genius. Um, and so they're everywhere. So challenge yourself by saying... What's my favorite poem or what would be my brands? A better challenge is personify your brand and ask, ask yourself, um, our brand stands for this, so who would it read? What would its poem, poet, poem be? And then, and then find out what it is about, what imbues that poem to you emotionally, and use that as a prototype to help you in brand building. That's great. 
chapter number 12 of Storyhouse, how to memorialize your brand like a rolling stone. Thank you. Thank you.